We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are looking at the Firefly episode, Safe. Mal and the gang have arrived on the planet Tianyin to unload the cattle they smuggled in the previous episode. River has been having unusually strong fits, and Mal orders Simon and River to go away during the cattle transaction. They wander into town, as does Kaylee and Inara. There's not much to the town, but River comes across a troupe of Irish folk dancers and joins in the wild abandon. Simon is pleased to see his sister having a good time. The cattle deal, once completed, goes south, with lawmen showing up to arrest the buyers on an unrelated charge. A shootout occurs, and Shepherd Book is critically wounded. Meanwhile, Simon and later River are kidnapped. With no medical help available on the planet and Simon missing, Mal takes Shepherd Book and leaves the planet to find medical attention. Simon and River watch as the Serenity takes off and flies away. They find themselves amongst the hill people a group who kidnap off-worlders with skills that they need. Simon, as a doctor, is badly needed indeed. And despite his protestations about the ethics of kidnapping him, holding him against his will, he does what he can to help the sick. The only viable place to take Book is the Alliance Cruiser Magellan, to which Mal reluctantly goes. Initially, they refuse to help. They're not a public hospital, but when Book shows them his identicard, they immediately patch him up without questions and let the Serenity leave unmolested. River exhibits signs of telepathy, which is too much for the simple religious hilf people, who accuse her of being a witch. They sentence her to be burned at the stake. Simon protests and ultimately chooses to be burned in the fire with his sister. But just in time, Mal and the gang arrive to be the big damn heroes and save the day. Okay, Firefly episode safe. Continuation of the last episode, more or less, sort of, kind of. Well, one minor continuity element that's uh, the opposite end of the journey cows on cows yeah. off i mean it's uh, but about a month in between yes yes which kind of gives us some ideas of the type of time and distances that these ships uh, fly you know from one location to another i, I know there's time in between them but you know it, we we still don't really have a good feel for how far the planets are apart and now but but we know a month that's a long time that's a that's a that's a long time to keep those cattle penned up on there. I mean, it's not like cattle don't, they penned up like that their whole entire lives until they're slaughtered for food. But, but you know, it seems apparently this is an unusually long time, according to the uh, cattle buyers, anyway. Um, so I, um, you know, there's one big, there's one big thing that flashes at me in this episode, right? And, and obviously when we come to an episode, you always look at it through your own lens. And so I may be I may be emphasizing this more than it's it's warranted, but um, the lunatic hill people, and I and I think I use the word lunatic uh, with with precision. Um, I think when your delusional religious beliefs reach the point where you're willing to kill people, I can call you a lunatic um, with with justification, uh, if not necessarily clinical uh, confirmation. But um, is, is that the point of the episode? Is there a point to the episode? Because I kind of feel like there, there's, a, there's a progression here. Um, you know, sure, the whole witch-burning trope, you get 
the religious people and there's a witch thou shalt not suffer a witch to live and off you go and you have to and you have to burn them at the stake but leading up to that we have the the sequences about the nurse i'll call her the nurse for want of a better word because i'm not sure exactly no i guess she's supposed to be the teacher in town isn't she yes he calls her teacher yeah hmm. at one point even though she's kind of acting as the as the nurse in that clinic or whatever you want to call it um you know gives him that that speech about eh, you know no matter where you go there you are you don't know where the journey's going to end and all that stuff which which is very much very much reminiscent of those people who you know when a kid dies of leukemia and they go well god's will it's not our way to understand it it, it you know it's very um it's very dismissive of tragedy yes um and and here it's it's taken up one step further. It's very dismissive of kidnapping, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, it, 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 it's showing you the progression of what religious fanaticism can can do. You know, you can use it to justify whatever happens to somebody to start with for bad, but then you can use it to justify whatever you want to do to them, too, along the way. It's like, well, you know, I've kidnapped you, so what? You know, hey, look at it as God's will. Look at it as, as, you know, you didn't know what you were going to do in life. And so here's, this is the thing. And it, that's God. And it's like, no, it's you. It's you're doing this. You're imprisoning. And he does make that point. And so I, I didn't really, I mean, I caught it. And I'm like, yeah, huh, huh, yeah, people like that. But when they get a point where they're burning her as a witch, you're like, I, I, I feel like that's what the author of this particular episode wanted to say. And like I said, maybe my lens, wanting to blame everything on religion, but it... <laughs> But I, you know, I, I, I do feel that there's a progression through this episode that 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 does that, and then and it comes back to is it, you know, the 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 position that Mal has with with Shepherd Book too, and and his attitudes towards religion. I'm not saying Mal has anything to do with this, but but it does feel like there's a recurring theme here uh, in the series pertaining to the place of religion. Is that fair assessment or? Uh, it, well, it. it I, I'm not saying it's an unfair assessment. Okay. Well, I, do, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any direct information about what Drew Greenberg's intent was, and it's not something that I say. I, I would say leapt out and grabbed me in particular about what the central theme is. I mean, I'm not denying it's there at all. There's, there's, there's definitely a theme there, and it's an important subplot. But I'm not sure that it seemed to me the most important note in the episode. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know that I... Well, I, I, I mean, I think part of prominent, I would say, might be my thought. But but I'll, I'll, I'll take arguments well, it, to the Well, it has some, but, I, but I, to me, there's something about... It's, it's a bit hard to put my finger on, but, the, but when you're talking about responsibility, that seems to be an important element in the Tam sibling story because I think what this is mostly about and obviously each of the characters again has their own progression but i would say the tam siblings are are sort of front and center in this particularly with the flashbacks and what we get an insight into is the fact that it is simon who is taking responsibility for river's well-being really for he's he's the one who who worries about her when gabriel and regan almost abdicate responsibility and i think that's that's maybe what the religious stuff is mirroring in the sense that they don't want to believe that there is any problem with river they have their lives and their social position and their status and if there's a 
an inkling in their minds that there might be something going on and that all might not be well with where River is. They don't want to acknowledge it because acknowledging it would mean losing everything they have. And it it's that kind of stubbornness that I think Simon comes up against with the villagers. Although I I, I mean I guess even then the, the kind of the motivations of the of the villagers are multifaceted. I think I think the teacher is a true believer, but clearly the patron is a charlatan and in no way a kind of moral leader since he yeah. murdered his way to the top, but he wants to keep that secret. So he's got a reason for everyone believing that River is a witch. Oh, okay. Now, hold on a second. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> right. And I admit, I failed to put the flashback in the episode, and, and I probably should have, and I intended to, and something must have distracted me. Probably the rain. Um, because I was going to do it separately to rather than try to hop back and forth in the flashbacks. And, and so we, we should definitely talk about that. Um, the reason that the hill folk or that the, the teacher, you know, assumes that River is a witch is because she exhibits some signs of telepathy. She reads the mind of the mute girl and yeah. she knows something that could not possibly have been known by the people who had just been brought to the town. So, I mean, it's a pretty good trick, right? <laughs> so I, I can I can understand that if you believe that kind of thing, that would be uh, that would be potentially a sign that says she's a she's a witch. So uh, she you know she actually has she actually has a real reason to believe it. Right? I'm not not well, justifying no, no, it, no, but no, she's no, no, no. But she, the the re, the reason to what what she's got is a uh, she's she's got an observation which should defy explanation at least within. Well, I mean, we're fighting assuming that we don't think telepathy who knows is real. What, who's, who knows what the science has there? But but it's pretty clear that telepathy is is beyond the science, and therefore there are t- the, you know the approach could be to say you know wow goodness me let's make some more observations. What that would be that would be the rational approach, ability? not the religious approach. Or or you or you rely on the on the here is something discomforting and which doesn't fit. Let's rely on the simple and reassuring answer that she's a witch and then we can burn her and get on with our lives. Well, but, it's, but there's a difference between real witch uh, accusations, <laughs> if you will. Uh. Uh, well, you know what I mean. In other words, they, they take a woman and they make her a scapegoat for something. Some, some, something that they want to make her a scapegoat for. That's what, that's what historically has happened. With It is not normally a case where a person actually sees a woman turn a cat into a frog, right? But... If but you people were, could believe that, but they, they could believe that, yes, and that's my. But if you but, see something, if you see something that you can't explain in any other way, but we don't think that that's what really happens. We think that it's it's more of a political maneuvering, which is what the the boss of the group uh, sort of does, maybe. But but my point that's here what is, the is patron that does. River yes. does something unexpected, something beyond the norm. She actually really does it. It's not just a question of circumstantial evidence or anything like that. She does it. And so she sees that and she puts it into her framework, which is the religious framework of God, miracles, and witches, and assumes that it's a, a, a witch because miracles don't really happen. And and then they often, often burn her. Now, the first thing she does is she accuses somebody of the witch. They run out to the crowd and the head of the, the patron doesn't immediately jump to the, well, somebody says she's a witch, let's burn her. Right. He says something no. to the effect of, well, now let's find out to which River then pre- repeats the trick that got her in trouble in the first place. I'm not 100. Yes, the patron wants to shut her up because 
he doesn't want them to know that he killed to get his job. But I don't say that that means he doesn't believe she's a witch because he's living, you know, he's one of this tight knit community of people and he probably holds very similar beliefs to the teacher and everybody else in the town so it's like a double whammy how it's like i need possi- to sh- how could you possibly because that's where religious nuts go they go to the fringes no, hang, to set up their own on. communities how, this, this guy this guy is is supposed to be a, a devout and religious person he killed his predecessor lots of religious people kill people it's god's will we don't but, know why he killed his predecessor. Maybe he had a vision from God. Because he wanted to be the boss. Maybe he's Paul. <laughs> but he may have used religion to justify it in his mind. He may, well. We don't know. I mean, maybe, I'm, I, maybe, maybe in his mind, there's a question mark. Certainly as a pretext. So, I mean, I, I, you know, River gets a double whammy there. She exhibits the ability and she uncovers something she really shouldn't have uncovered. <laughs> which leads to a fast pass to the stake. But yes. but she if she'd revealed something about member of the crew. if she'd revealed something about his childhood, he might have said, "Yeah, that's a witch," and and you know, <laughs> but maybe might not have put her on the stake at that right moment. Maybe have stuck her in the jail for a while, then burned her tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, we don't get enough information on this to 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 say that. But I, you know, I I I'm gonna have trouble believing anything other than this town is full of nuts because all of them are willing to go along with the kidnapping and the. You know, I have a feeling this. Well, there's not they each are willing person to go along with the kidnapping, but they're but they're also in desperate need of a doctor. Yep, but apparently they're willing to go along with the kidnapping of all the other people that caused them to be up in the uh, in the alert bulletins on the planet, right? So I mean, well, it's, this is sure. not he's not the first that they've kidnapped and made into their community. Um, and like I say, these small little tight knit communities like that, I think what they're trying to show us is these groups of religious enclaves that that are dangerous people on the fringe, both physically and mentally, or societally. Uh, but the, but there, is, there is an interesting moment after Simon has been taken to the village where his doctor thing kicks in. Mm-hmm. And you do, well, I did, get a strong sense that he would quite happily have settled in the village doing his doctoring and got round to sort of forgiving the kidnapping bit because he was so much... It's a response to, right, here, mm-hmm. is, a, here is a serious problem. A lot of these people are ill and need help. And regardless of whether they're nuts or whatever, mm-hmm. that's what he does. It's why we, we learned something about him, which is why he became a doctor, which is very different from, I think, why perhaps Gabriel wanted him to become a doctor. And it also tells us something about what he's lost in running away and going to rescue River. Okay, question them. Uh, And I agree, I agree. Considering his position and considering River's problem and the fact that they're wanted by the Federales and and (laughs) this is a great place for them to settle down and, and live. I mean, it may not be Central City, but it probably would be a, a passable place to hide out and live your life without a lot of fear. So I, I agree that we do kind of see that uh, potential from him, although it yeah. seems to me like in the middle of the night he gets up and wanders back down into town and asks for protection from the sheriff, and, uh, you know, they, they could get away. But um, is that But there is, there is, partially some, there is because, something there for him, and there are blackberries. <laughs> is, it, is it also partially because he already saw the firefly leave, and basically he knows he's cut off? 
I mean, if, if he hadn't it's seen the Firefly leave, would he have settled down as quickly or would he have been continuing to fight against it more strongly, thinking that his friends were still there, as opposed to thinking he had been abandoned? I, I mean, at the, at, the, at the point he arrives, things aren't, look, things aren't looking very good for him anyway. I mean, even if, even if he thought Serenity's crew was still on the planet, he's, he's not necessarily in a, in a good place. I, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think it has an, an influence, but it's more than that. It's it's like there is a an almost instinctive response to real realizing what there is in this in this village, re, you know, realizing that there is something for him to do. And even if he, even if he thought that he would be able to meet up with the Serenity tomorrow and get away, he's still going to spend that night doing what needs to be done. He's not he's not he's not going to quibble over. Well, I'm not you know I re- I I'm I refuse to to be made to do this when I've been kidnapped and mm-hmm. taken at knife point and all the rest of it. Given a house, none of that matters. None of that matters. Yeah, I am. I I I think we're seeing a possible alternate future for him here, and I and I kind of agree. Mal is being unreasonable at the beginning of the episode. I think I feel like he is. Do you? I do kind of. Um, it, it's a it's a question of his complaints about her screaming. Um, I don't know what the acoustics of the actual Firefly uh, class ship is. Um, you know, could they have closed the door? It hasn't got a lot of soft furnishings. Yeah. Or something of that nature to keep the cows, uh, you know, a little more sedated. I, I, I mean, I can understand, I can totally understand why if you had somebody doing that on, it would get on people's nerves. When he makes them go for a walk, I feel like the way he did it was a jerk. (laughs) Like, look. Don't be around. I don't care where you go. You know, I feel like we got to stay close to the ship. Fine. Go 100 yards off, you know, into a clearing the other direction of the cattle pen. You know, but but that wasn't like that. It was like, go but get away whole, from here. Whole, get, you know, his whole po- his whole point is that Simon is Simon's useless and he needs to be told what to do. And his response is not going to be to tell him what to do. Hmm. No, but he is telling him what to do. Well, he's telling him to go away. Tell him to go he's not away, but him where to go or how? Well, in a way, forward. you know, Simon says, "Well, you know, we should stay close." Okay, fine, stay close. Just get away from this transaction. Don't be seen. Don't be heard. I don't care how far you go away. I mean, it, it felt like he was but telling him is, to take a fifty-mile hike. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, that seems to me pretty, pretty much what he is saying. And the the, the point, I, I'm not, I'm not sure that he he's particularly unfair there. I mean, you could say he could have been nicer about it. And it was perhaps a bit thoughtless. But then, equally, when Kaylee and Inara meet Simon and River in the funky gift shop a few minutes later, Simon is equally thoughtless in what he says. So, no, no, no one is no one is exactly uh, going out going out of their way to be particularly empathetic towards the the other here. And that's kind of the point because we're we're going from Simon and River don't fit with the the crew of serenity to suddenly here he is in a village with a a ready-made vocation for him a house provided and he does he does fit apart from the whole burning his sister yeah the the burning his sister bit was a little bit harsh um and it does have to make you does have to make you wonder uh maybe they're not so nice people after all but uh Uh, yeah maybe and, and maybe therefore the crew of serenity have something going for them. Yeah, at least they've got a 
sort of team dynamic. So now let me ask this question. Um, well, let's let's hang on the kidnapping for a little bit. Was the um, was the dance thing part of the trap? No. Okay. So they just grabbed him off the sidelines because they spotted him and they grabbed her. Didn't they grab him first? They grabbed him and they took no, him off right. and the river grabbed, caught him. No, you're yeah, you're obviously right. I misremembered it. Yeah, they grabbed yeah, they grabbed him. Yes, I, because because he was he was just standing there completely focused on what she was doing. How did they and find out he was a doctor? I don't think they knew he was a doctor, did they? I don't know. I mean, well, at some point they did because they took him to a room full of people needing doctrine. Well, sure. But I, it was more, I thought, he looks kind of wealthy and out of place. Because, I mean, the, the costume he's wearing is... Didn't, didn't they say... got the posh waistcoat and... Didn't they say something to the effect that the bulletin about the kidnappings were that the hill people capture people with skills they need? They, they used... It didn't, they didn't say doctors and things. They said skilled labor or something to that effect. Like they were, they were singling people out and going, oh, we needed a bricklayer. Let's get that guy. I, I just, I, maybe that's reading it wrong, but. I think, I don't, I don't think there was anything as far as we need a bricklayer. Let's get that guy. He looks like a bricklayer. No, I'm pretty sure they didn't think that was Simon in, in that particular case. Um, and, and, of course, we do see the three kidnappers at the beginning of the episode skinning a rabbit and looking at the serenity going, well, if they got anything we need, we're going to take it. But again, uh, really, would a rich dandy be what you needed if, if you're going by looks? Because the money's not of any value to them. Yeah. And he probably would be useless digging ditches and plowing the fields and stuff like that. So they must have had some reason to believe that he had some skill that they needed. True. So, and so, okay, so the, the river dancers, I didn't call them river dancers and thing because I know that wasn't a true river dance, but uh, it just, <laughs> it felt the, 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 the irony of river dancing and river dancing, yeah, it yeah. felt like doing it. Um, I needed to do that. But I didn't. And uh, <laughs> the other question is, are the townspeople complicit in this? And, and the reason I ask is they seem to have a pretty large and well-armed uh, constabulary. And uh, you'd think if people were being kidnapped a lot, that they might just go up to the hill people who have a town, therefore permanent structures, therefore you know where they are, and uh, do something about that. But apparently they don't care. That Read that? <laughs> I mean, the whole planet's got well, a bulletin out on it. It says you're going to get kidnapped. And I would think that people living in the town probably do at some point rely a bit on having off-worlders come to their planet and bring goods and trade things and if that's the case the last thing you want is to scare them away by thinking that they might get kidnapped if they arrive on the planet it's bad for tourism it's probably bad for trade and yet it seems like a problem that that sheriff could have solved with his six shooter and his i'm not four i'm not i i think you may have overestimated the strength of their force i mean they couldn't even they they couldn't even take into custody the um what the what were they called? The Grange Grange yeah. brothers. Good enough. Without Mal and Jane and Zoe helping them out. Well, Zoe really. Yeah, I think Zoe is the one that, that really made the difference there in that in that particular fight. Um, yeah, but they are at least able to muster up a group of people willing to go put their lives on the line. So I, I it just... well, they they might be willing to go and put their lives on the line. But do four of them really want to go up and take on a whole settlement? I don't know. 
I don't know, but it just seems like the kind of we problem. We have no idea of the strength of it, but there's a lot of people, well, a lot of extras in the scene with the, the burning. Well, if you allow it to go on and you don't do anything about it and you're the law enforcement, then I would argue that you are complicit at some degree with it. Like they're, well, they're, they're I, letting this depend, go on. That depends on the, if the If the alternative is you go on some kind of futile raid in which you're bound to get killed, I'd say I could kind of understand people being complicit. <sighs> Again, comes back to at what point does that just ruin your, your cause you the problems that you have to deal with uh, in the long term? What, problems like being dead? Problems like dying of not getting the things you need from other worlds or things like that. Well, it's clearly not problems. stopping people from other worlds coming. I mean... Well, they, it stops the crew of Serenity didn't even know about it until Wash went to the sheriff's office. I thought he said something. We should have read the planetary bulletins or something like that. He did, yeah. But so that would imply they could get them if they had. I can understand why smugglers might not think. Hey, look at the planetary bulletins. So on the other hand, I can't understand why smugglers would not. I would think the smugglers would be looking out for every darn thing that could possibly trigger law enforcement involvement uh, on a place that they go to. So I, again, I, I'm not not sure what's what's the right answer here but it it raises the questions for me about just how in fact the hill people look like they had more people than the townspeople almost um but i'm not it's not like it's not like we saw the entire population of either in any particular Mm -hmm. shot yeah well we we saw a lot of them in the in the fire burning shop but uh, we know there are a lot of hill people we can assume there are a lot of townspeople i i would have thought it is fair to say because what it comes back to with this is that we are basically talking about a western mm. so we are we are dealing in the in the tropes of western and so in the wild west it would be a question of in order to make it worthwhile sending your best officers to to try and basically rout a, a a settlement that's causing you trouble and you know you're going to lose a load of them as a result of it it's got to be a really really serious problem before you do that and it's not at all clear that it's that serious a problem at this stage it's certainly a problem and i agree with you for the reasons that you said but i don't think it's a big enough problem for them necessarily to want to go in into a sort of full-scale firefight over it i I think this is part of the problem i have with with this western in space that it it is that here we have a little bit of technology here and there um there are there are things that would be so invaluable that you'd find a way to do it. Communications is one. Um, They've got communications. Apparently not very good. Um, but but you, you know, in other words, when you, try to, when you try to attack, apply it's the, the people. When you try to apply the Old West logic to it, say, well, okay, you got to say, in the Old West, if this were happening, pre, say, telegraph Old West, Old Old West, right? And even when it's telegraph, you've got another reason. It's like there is no way that you are going to know that the town of Dusty <laughs> has got a kidnapping problem because the information about the kidnapping problem is simply cannot be spread out to have anyone know it. So a wagon train comes into town because they're on their they're little off course. They decide to go by way of Dusty instead of Muddy, and which seems like a bad choice because I think Musty's got, Muddy's got more water. But, you know, they... They come into this town, they don't realize that they're coming into town because there is no way that they could possibly have known that this town had a kidnapping problem. That simply cannot exist in this far-flung future world. They should have been able to look at this information. They They apparently could have able, they did not look at the information. And so you have to hand them the idiot ball in the episode that they didn't bother to check. 
And then and so, whereas I could forgive somebody in the Old West riding into town and not knowing that. But it, it just doesn't. It, it's the imperfect it totally fit. Adds up. I, I don't read all my emails, I'll be honest. I you at know, least mark them as unread. I have a quick I hate glance, the people that don't, straight to uh, trash. You know, I make sure that I don't have numbers next to their next to the inbox, but whether or not I read them in detail. But but I but no, but I do if I'm going somewhere. <laughs> you know, if I'm on my way to a particular planet, I and I was a criminal, I think I'd want to know what law enforcement was up to on that planet. I think I think I think that one is, you know, okay, fine. You might not understand. Maybe you'd be dumb enough not to look to see but, if they've got a deadly a, plague, but... Yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure that that would... E- even if you did want to know that, w- would this particular bulletin from the sheriff's office be the first place that you'd look? Or would it be about the 97th place that you'd look? You can say, well, it would have been good if we'd looked at it, but there are probably various other things they did check out. Maybe. But we don't get to see it, so we don't get to, to, to say that. We just take... This seems like an important point. No, but I don't... I don't it, well, it, certainly it Mal really. would, I think, I think Mal would have at least been a little less cavalier telling Simon and River to go get lost. Yes, he would. <laughs> at that point, you know, sent somebody with a gun with him or, or told him to stay in a group or, you know, keep their eyes out or something, anything that might have saved them from that event. But anyway, uh, okay, let's, let's, um talk about oh while we're doing the west thing the gun noises i'm confused by the gun noises are you yes they don't sound like guns they sound like something else like they've put spacey sound effects to them not quite blasters but not bullets either so i'm trying to figure out what that's supposed to mean obviously they are projectiles and they are they're they're definitely projectile projectile weapons um they may be using a different kind of propellant than gunpowder which may explain the different noise i will i will accept that um and yet and i i'm holding this show to a standard that is not the same as the standard of the western pretty obvious in the westerns of their day that even though you have a six shooter that requires manual reloading that the cowboys didn't always stop in the movies to reload after they'd shot 40 or 50 bullets that definitely was happening here these guys are carrying revolver six shooters at least one of them and yet they don't seem to be shooting the bullets from the revolver chamber. And it could be decoration. I want my gun to look like an old West six-shooter. Okay, fine, we'll make it that way. But it it was... Um, I, just, I wasn't quite sure what we were trying to get out of those guns, you know, at that point. Because they just don't... They aren't, they aren't right. They're, they're not using the standard gun, gun sound effect. And they definitely seem to just be continually shooting. So I just put that out there. Before we move on to... Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do Shepherd Book, or do you want to do the flashbacks more on Simon and River? Or do we have anything more to say about the flashbacks on Simon and River? Oh well, uh, I, well, I don't know about the the flashbacks, but um, I just wanted to say about the River Dance how the way in which River just looks at the dance in order to learn it is kind of a new development. Um, and also I find kind of mind-blowing because I find dancing just unbelievably... I mean, when I've had to do dancing and I've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and I still manage to, you know, my left foot trips over my right foot. And w- Whereas what River appears to be able to do is, in addition to being incredibly cerebral, which I think has been fairly well 
established in previous episodes so far is she can just look at the steps and then her her kind of motor skills are are just there they're just there and it's like any anything that involves any kind of um physical dexterity requires well for for me it requires practice and i think even for the most accomplished people it probably does so you can sit down and look at someone else playing the piano and you can watch how their fingers move over the keys and think oh well i mean a good piano player makes it look easy so you think oh yeah I, I, i'll just move my fingers like that and i'll be able to make the same sounds or i'll be able to swing a golf club and hit that ball and exactly so i've just got to look at how they're doing it and then i've just got to copy it and of course it's never that simple and forever it is hmm I totally didn't see that. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I totally didn't see that it was River looking at that dance and going, I have now learned this dance and go off and join. Um, I, got that, I got that really quite strongly. It was like she was standing there for too long. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, some people are dancing. Right, I'm off to join them. It was, it was a, a definite, deliberate stop observe and you see her watch you see the you know the camera cuts to the the feet moving she's actually watching the movement of the feet so she can see the steps i think most people most normal people might want to join in and they would see that there's a dance going on and if they're if they're a good enough dancer they would go right okay i'm i'm just i'm going to dive in i'm probably going to make a few missteps um but the best thing to do is is get in there and and try and copy from there because you get it's like that feedback you get when you're doing anything physical you know you you try you try out doing the steps that the person next to you is doing and you get to see whether you're moving in kind of the right way or not kind of the, and then you adjust accordingly and if you make a mistake then you know right that's i've got to do that differently and she doesn't make any of those mistakes she just watches it for long enough and then goes in there and dances as well as any of them suppose um i didn't take that from it um i took from it that that's a folk dance that that this is a simple folk uh, that this is a traditional dance yeah of some it kind or kind of like style dance. dancing to me but uh, yeah square uh, dance that, that's my british take i don't know i don't yeah. i don't know what you do on that your side of the pond it it it, it does we don't do that, but uh, as far as I know, <laughs> but you know, that, that's, square our, that's dancing. what we do on what you call Labor Day. Yeah, square square dancing kind of thing is is sort of a country thing. I I, I think that's what they're going for, old old town country dance. But um, you know, playing it with a more European music Irish thing to kind of plus putting a bunch of Chinese people in there to show that it's a that it's a melange of. Uh, uh, of cultures all combined together, but I, I gotta say, I just, I just took that as the close-up shots. I took that as River being fascinated by it, and the fact that she went in and joined in. I just took it that she knew the dance, that that was just a common dance that people knew. I, I see your point, and and you may, you may be exactly right because that would fit very well with last time when she um, copied Badger his yes. accent. You know, yes. she not only did, did she, she read yes. something in his mind that she could use as thing he's embarrassed by possibly but she also was able to just mock his accent and to the but point re- where but she replicate his accent yeah and and right. i i read i read a thing um i read a thing about how how she actually did that which was um i i think it was an interview with mark shepherd uh and he he took her away to a cafe and read her 
her line and then she practiced imitating it and that's what a normal person would do but your parallel is absolutely spot on she doesn't do any of that and you or I it's like if 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 we hear someone else's accent and you know it's very clearly in our in our heads we can perhaps in our imagination we can hear that voice in that accent saying any sentence that we like but when you actually try to with your with your lips and your tongue and your vocal cords actually express that sentence whoa it's way more difficult you you know you do need to you do need to practice any any right governor exactly oh well okay just me then because you're obviously a natural (laughs) i learned but but it it is one of it it is one of those things it's exactly one of those things where it's all about the practice and she doesn't practice she literally just hears him speaking and then copies him straight off yeah, I, I think we're, we're up. So now let's ask this question. I, and maybe this answer would have come in the end. And so don't spoiler me, but I'll I'll put the question out there. What would have been the end game with River if she had stayed in the Institute? Would she have been nutso when she came out the end? Or is it because they pulled her in the middle of the treatment? I mean, would she have been this? Would she have been this? This Let's call it a weapon. Let's pretend like she's supposed to be a weapon. A telepathic mimic uh capable of doing anything uh there was a tv show heck there was a tv show um no telepathy the the pretender uber brilliant genius so smart taken by an evil organization and raised from a child that he could do anything he could literally step into any situation and do it he could be a doctor he could be a firefighter he could be a, a rocket scientist all he needed was a, just a, a very little uh, background information and he could just do it and is that what we're? Is that what they're trying to do here with River? Do we do we have a feel for that at this point in the game without uh, giving away something we may know for for a fact in the future? Because um, <laughs> I don't think you know with the fits and the bouts of of crazy that she goes through now, she would have been of much value to anyone. In in if if that was the ultimate goal of the treatment of this this organization, it you know I do you have to go through madness to reach the other end? Or, you know, was she a reject? Was she going to fail out because she wasn't going to hold it together? I, I, don't, I don't know, but those are the questions that come to my mind looking at this. And it's all fine to say, well, I rescued her from this organization and she's really messed up. But, but I'm trying to figure out what their end game was uh, with her. I can obviously see how valuable an asset she could be. But And, and are these things uh, manufactured? Is her telepathy a manufactured thing? Something they gave her somehow. Mm, good questions. Mm, all right. <clears throat> well, you you said no, no spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, no no spoilers from that standpoint. That's fine. But all right. Okay. Um, so you know, I I don't know with with the kids when they were in the flashbacks. I mean, yes, they were recounting basically what we'd already been told from the story. I mean, with just a little bit more depth that we didn't know. We did what we didn't know was that what their what their parents were like. Correct. Right, so a little more depth. But, I mean, we got the, we got the you know, my sister's so much smarter than me. She's smarter than everyone. They sent her to an amazing school. I started getting coded messages. I rescued her. We escaped. I mean, yeah. we, we kind of got all yeah. that. Um, but, uh, but, I, but I think, I, think, I mean, the, it's not the scenes. River's only in the first, or is it the second flashback? Most of the first and the second, isn't she? No, no, you're right. She's only in the first flashback. Most of the flashbacks are between Simon and Gabriel. That that's that's kind of the important thing that's going on here. Reagan in, is in the background. Incidentally, that's Isabella Hoffman, who was um, 
Megan Russett for the Homicide Life on the Streets fans out there. Um, I'm impressed that you knew the characters' names. I didn't even hear them called by their name in the course of the uh, episode. I well, just assumed is, that they were Mr. Is, and Mrs. Tam. It is possible that I've just acquired a shiny, literally shiny, but also shiny, um, official Firefly companion con- containing all of the scripts from oh, wow. the first six episodes. As aired um, or as originally written? As aired. As aired. Okay. Sadly, as aired, actually, because, I mean, there are, there are notes in there saying, there's, there, oh, there's a big difference between how this was... Uh, the original shooting script for Safe and how this was actually seen on screen. And this is what's seen on screen. You think, well, I've just seen what's on screen. <laughs> well, maybe that's the so, second book they're going to follow up with. Uh, there's a second book with, with some other script. It's, it's, it's just in case anyone's interested. It's an interesting enough book. It is mostly script. So mm. if you want the scripts, it's definitely worth having. There are a few uh, character bits and pieces and an interview with, um, with Joss Whedon plus his notes on on each episode which tell you a, a bit about the kind of intention of it um but that that's why i'm suddenly very well informed on oh okay and their names. who people are <laughs> i i you when you said it earlier i'm going like i'm just going to plow through this and pretend like that's his parents because that must be who he's talking about but uh we'll, we'll come back to that later on uh, yeah, Dad seems to be uh, very much uh, more concerned about himself than he is about his kids. Yeah. Um, his social status, so that his kid comes off in high social status as a doctor so he can show off. Yeah, the whole, and I'll, and I'll never help you again. So, now, here is my question about that scene, where, where he bails, um, which I thought was an interesting thing. I came through that door, that goes on my permanent record. Another another mark against the alliance surveillance state. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> not you know not not really in evidence out in the frontier <laughs> that much. But it's not it's not a surveillance state, is it? It's not. Well, um, it's it's a state it's a state function, but it's not like. What it's is not the... the world? It's not the world of 1984. No. It's not. It's not exactly the way Orwell described it. It's much more the way that. 15 years later it has actually turned out in the sense that there are there are things that you can do and places that you go that will leave a footprint I... leave a digital footprint by using devices by um, using access cards or whatever and it's you in theory it's your choice to do that I didn't get that but impression. in practice I mean yeah I, I, I get what you're saying but I, I didn't get that impression that that was what he meant by that. You know, just because he, he goes somewhere and it shows that he, you know, it sounds like that's on a public record. Oh, I don't think I don't think so. I think I think that's the reason it matters to him is because he has a position. He has something to lose. So it's not like Joe Bloggs on the street would be able to see that. But people who people who are in a position to help him out or promote him or whatever will have access to this record. Funny thing is, he's clearly an ambitious guy, right? I I think that's or or a if not ambitious then I would say certainly a social climber. Yes, yes, and and so and so it matters if he's seen by the right people in the wrong places. And and to me this is much more what the alliance seems to be like than the kind of traditional monolithic evil empires that you get in Star Wars or Blake Seven or whatever. It's a it it's a it's a it's a capitalist state. It's it's engaged in trying to hold together 
what is essentially a market economy and it needs to in it it's perhaps at certainly at the fringes which is where most of serenity is set stretched in terms of its resources and what it can do and it needs to prioritize where it can sort of stave off the serious threats the serious rebellions that would affect its stability and in that sense it's quite realistic i i, I mean i don't see the the uh, non-alliance whatever they were called um the brown coats they don't seem to represent a non-market economy no they're not they're not communist revolutionaries but then we're talking about the the, the post the fall of the the iron curtain when the because i mean the conception of firefly goes a, a lot further back but the development of firefly was within this kind of period between the the the, the fall of the soviet empire and 9-11 and everything that's happened since then the rise of the extreme right and all the rest of it and so it it was a period where it kind of looked like capitalist free market ideas had taken over the world let's set china aside for a minute but but clearly firefly is suggesting actually in the end china integrates with the rest of the the free market world in order to 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 kind of create this new alliance Mm. Well, I'll just throw out there uh, to carry on the potentially carry on the the Civil War analogy as well. Although, you know, principally about slavery, um, a lot of a lot of the post, particularly modern stuff about it, comes either onto states' rights, which you know is kind of Mao's thing, or um, the type of economy, right? So that the, the North mm-hmm. represented the industrialization, and the South represented uh, slave labor, or or Manual labor, if you prefer not to, to try to tag it, the whole thing being about slavery. But so, I mean, it, it, it's obviously there's always an economic impact about war. Um, it's always about somewhere along the line. It's always about money. Uh, and if it's not, those are even worse. But anyway, um, yeah, so the, the, I, guess, I guess my thought is, is that it was the way he said it. I walked through those doors that goes on my permanent record. It's like you would think the fact that he bailed his son out would be the thing that goes on his permanent record. Yes. I mean, not, not passing through the doors. It's when you had to sign the paperwork next that, <laughs> that is the problem. And it, just, it was just funny the way, he, the way he put that there. So now this is the question. Does, uh, does he mean what he says? When he says that, does, I mean, have you not ever does heard matter? of, does it not, has it not ever happened where someone says, this is the last time to their kids or someone else is the last time I'm going to bail you out of this. I'm never going to do it again. Got it? Do you understand that? Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. That I couldn't but take But does it matter? Dad. Question is, does Simon believe it? Does Simon it? believe it? I'm guessing Simon does believe it. Would that and be it your tells interpretation? You so, it tells you something about the relationship that Simon has with his father uh, or, or that his father that Gabriel has with with the children because you know ultimately Simon is concerned about River and Gabriel is showing no concern about River. So who who but who can Simon turn to is the question. I mean that's 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 kind of the point really mm-hmm. of this episode, isn't it? That he there is, has there is just the two of them, him and his sister. Yeah, he he has he has he has no place. He doesn't fit aboard Serenity. He didn't really feel at home when he was at home. He couldn't feel at home when he was at home because it turned out that whatever he felt about home was an illusion. And so it's significant that this 
this little hill village appears to offer him a home. But in the end, Mal comes back for him. Yeah. Was Mal planning to come back for him all the time? Well, again, that's that's an interesting question because to some to some extent we have to judge by the crew's reactions, and obviously we get we get Kaylee sort of looking very upset by the fact that he leaves in the first place, mm-hmm. and then once that once they've left the Magellan and and Book is recovering, there are the there are the exchanges with with Jane. <laughs> it's kind of obvious stuff, and with Zoe, that's the slightly less obvious stuff um but zoe uh, zoe sides with jane on this pretty much it's, again i've I've, uh, I've acquired another uh another firefly book which is essays um in a collection called finding serenity and edited by uh jane spenson who wrote the last one we looked at called shindig and um it, it's a bit of a mixed bag by the way this one but it does have a a complete set of all the Chinese and translations for each episode in it. So I now watch episodes with it sat open on my open on my knee, and I can follow what everyone is saying when they start speaking Chinese. Sadly, I and, can follow what everyone's saying when they're speaking Chinese, and my Chinese is pretty bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> but my wife gets up and leaves. Yeah. I, 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 they were they were doing a fairly long bit in this one, and I was getting enough of it to get. The gist. I can't. I'm not fluent by any stretch of the imagination. And I just turned to my wife and I said, "Is it as painful for you to listen to their Chinese as it is for me?" And she's like, "Yes." And you know, I think the next sentence off, and then she just got up and walked out. <laughs> well, there's um, there's a comment by Jane Spenson that um, the first take, the Chinese is usually very good. Mm-hmm. They've listened to the translation and they're replicating it more or less exactly. By the eighth or ninth take. It's getting to the point where the writers on the set are worried, who obviously are not Chinese speakers, but they're they're starting to get worried that they're just inserting offensive gibberish. That's be by the time it's been so mangled. But but they, you know, it such such are the pressures on the set. They're not going to do a retake just for the Chinese bits. Yeah, um, they could have done looping. anyway. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the the point about it is that there is that there's a an essay. In in the book, which is about the character of Zoe, the um, I think it's the essay by Tanya Huff. Zoe is the the warrior princess, which actually makes the point that she has been incredibly um, unsentimental, pragmatic, however you want to put it. So when she argues against Jane killing Dobson in Serenity, Dobson the federal agent in Serenity, she argues about it from the point of view of not this would be the wrong thing to do, but just this would be a stupid thing to do because he's a fed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see that. And and so similarly, she's very much on the, the the expedient thing to do at this point would be not to go back for Simon River. Yeah, I can see that. that. That's that's her point of view. So it is Mal's decision. It is Mal's decision. And, and he has obviously been thinking about it because when Inara says to him, um, you know, when book is in in trouble and she says i think you know what what you ought to do and mal mal gets says something defensive about not going back for simon she said i'm not talking about simon it's mal who thought she was talking about simon because presumably it is troubling his conscience that he's left him behind and in the end you have to believe what he said that he he goes back because they're part of his crew and whatever his feelings however irritating or useless he might consider Simon he is part of his crew and kind of goes back to the conversation we were having an episode or two back about how for all Mal's flaws 
what he does well is being a captain and looking after his crew. So, so is he is he taking it one all right <clears throat> one step at a time, or is he? I'm thinking your argument will be he is not taking it more than one step at a time. But one step at a time is we have two problems. One is that those people have been kidnapped, and they're not likely to be killed because they kidnapped them for their skills. So they're going to be alive. They're on this planet. They're not going to get off this planet. They can't go anywhere. Fine. Shepherd Bush is going to die. Book. Book. Shepherd Book is going to die. <laughs> Shepherd's Bush. Shepherd's Bush, the town. You've been reading Neverwhere, haven't you? Go ahead. And uh, <laughs> Shepherd Book is going to die. Therefore, I don't have a doctor. I must find him help. Boom. That's step yeah. one. Well, if you're thinking two steps ahead, you could be thinking, I can come back and get him later. Um, well, okay. But if you went I mean, to rescue... It, it depends how much of a chess player we think he is. Of course, it, if he rescued it, the doctor, he might have medical help sooner. True, but what what the calculation has to be is that Book is, Book is, Book is going to die, but there is a chance of saving him. Who knows what is going on with Simon and River, or how long it would take to, to rescue recover them. them. And so... I guess, well, maybe you're thinking it's two crew members. I don't know whether it counts. But you're, you're certainly thinking, you know, the chances of saving them are lower. You've got the, the calculus of it just says you've got to focus on book in the first instance. And so, if you, and so that's what you're doing if you're doing it one step at a time. Yeah, and I think that's true. I mean, he, he, he did do that. Although he was not necessarily willing to go to the Magellan without some prompting, which would have been, obviously it wouldn't have been the logical step because they wouldn't have helped. Well, if it, if it hadn't they, been, they it thought, hadn't been but it, what's interesting about it is that they thought that they would get help on there. And, and it's interesting, I think, because, again, it tells us something else about the Alliance, which is to do with whether the Alliance are this evil entity or whether the kind of distrust that I guess we have of the Alliance comes from the fact that our heroes distrust the Alliance, which comes from the fact that our heroes, when it comes down to it, are a bunch of outlaws and the Alliance of the Police. Mm-hmm. So but here we go. Once may, again, the maybe, uncaring may, Alliance shows up here. Well, maybe the Alliance aren't that bad because they think they might help. Of course, the fact that they initially refuse to help Book isn't great in their favour. But again, it's not black and white. Of course, the easiest thing to have done, my opinion, would have been to put in Nara's shuttle and have her go to the Alliance. That's a good idea. <laughs> she's a lot more respectable um yeah i hadn't thought about that um but uh we'll we'll make an argument that says the shuttles aren't fast enough so maybe they had to take the firefly i don't know but that that did cross my mind it's like well if you don't want to go to the alliance send the high social status person who is probably really good at convincing commanders uh and men to do what she wants i think that's a that's fair yeah <laughs> So, uh, you know, I mean, not, not, not just from the sex angle. I mean, clearly she has the skills of conversation, companionship, uh, manipulation. I'm sure that she would be a much better face to come off that shuttle and go, my friend, the shepherd has been shot. <laughs> Can you please help? Bat eyes and, you know, yeah. Um, I, I, I think that there's not, I don't want to say a whole lot about Shepherd Book in this case because he's not really in it much um but we learned something important we learned something important about him but i think we learned something important about him that we're supposed to just go huh and wait and see what happens next yes. and even mal's willing and, to and, do it, that. and it follows on from various other hints which they all put in the previously on firefly hmm. <laughs> i don't know do you have those no. along with the narration no. oh really 
Oh, so this one had a previously on Firefly, and it went through, how do you know so much about thieving and uh, stuff about Simon and River and two-by-two hands of blue and the cattle rustling and all that stuff? I'm pretty sure we don't have it. Was in there. So uh, I I knew when this episode started that it was like, oh, we're going to learn something about Shepard Bush, a book. Wow. <laughs> I've never been to Shepherd's Bush, damn it. <laughs> but clearly you want to. Apparently it's, uh, have they got anything there? I mean, good food or uh, tourist attractions uh, or anything? Well, that's it. I believe there's a lock. Oh, well. I, I think I think it might be the end, the end of the tidal stretch of the Thames. Oh, wow. Well, I may that, have been making that up. I shall have that's to where all the bodies collect then, right? <laughs> That was I was so disappointed when we were on the London Eye or the Millennial Wheel or whatever you want to call it at the time, and you know we were looking down at the, the all the stretch of the Thames and not one body was fished out by a police uh, in a in a rubber raft the whole time we were there. I thought this is nothing looks nothing like the Thames that I see on TV. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I mean, except for the brown color and the sort of unattractive uh, <laughs> uh, tint, let's call it. But anyway. <laughs> So yes, apparently he's got something about him that makes him uh, high on their list of people we're going to go help. Uh, how, how do is he really a shepherd? Would be my question, or is he a spy? And I don't necessarily mean a spy. And I don't necessarily. <laughs> You're setting mean a, off a goon show joke, aren't you? <laughs> he's no. both. He's a shepherd spy. Shepherd spy. Oh, that's good. That's not bad. No, I didn't know that one. <laughs> I get that one, but um, uh, he. Right? I mean, being a shepherd could be considered an undercover uh, profession. I, I don't know. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he's spying on the crew of the Serenity. I don't think he is. Let me put it that way. If he turns out to be the bad guy working for the Alliance to get evidence on them, I will be shocked. I, I feel like this is more likely going to be a character who is has a bad past or a shady past or perhaps... No, let's go with let's go with military or government. Did a lot of things. At some point, his conscience bit him, and he went into the priesthood for that. That that is my that's my guess on this character. Am I uh, am I on track there? <laughs> well, I can't give you any spoilers, can I? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm put. I've put mine down right now. That's where I stand on Shepherd Book. That, that that's going to be. Although I'm surprised that his identicard would give him away like that. Couldn't 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 Mal have looked at his identicard? Oh, Colonel Book. Well, no, I see. I assume not. In the sense that presumably what your card does is identify you in their database. I may be wrong, but the and then information the isn't stored on the card. Hmm. Could be. All right. Anything else? Well, a couple of small things. I mean, firstly, I have to comment on. The duck. Okay, the, swan, right? Well, it, Kaylee thinks it's a swan made by a, is made with longing by a person who really wanted to see a swan. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly a duck. So I just have to put that on, on okay. record. It's not corrected in the episode. It should be, it's a duck. It's a duck. It's a so duck. do you think it's because they've never seen ducks either? Uh, that may be part of it. They, must, they might just be really bad ornithologists. And I mean okay. worse than me. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Jane, more uh, good stuff from Adam Baldwin, uh, going through Simon's stuff and reading reading his version of of Simon's diary. Brilliant. And then we're welcoming him back on the ship when Mal gets him back. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and and one final thing, which was that it couldn't. I mean, obviously, uh, it it's a, an archetype, maybe that you have elected to your highest office, but uh, it couldn't help but remind me, whatever it is, sixteen years ahead of when this was actually made, that the patron when he when he starts accusing River when he realizes that she can actually accurately read his mind he accuses her of reading minds and spinning falsehoods which of course is contradictory if she can read minds then he is guilty if she is a if she is a witch able to read minds then he is guilty or she's telling lies but not both and exactly what you know the other day when bob woodward published his book trump gets up and starts going well everything in that book is a lie and then he starts having a go at people like Gary Cohn and Rob Porter for leaking stuff to Woodward, having just said that Woodward made it all up. So, um, yeah, nice. Uh, it is Trump, basically. Patron is Trump. <laughs> well, are we accusing him of killing his predecessor? <laughs> he certainly tried to kill everything that he ever accomplished. He, yeah, he, I think we could say he would have liked to, had opportunity provided uh, the moment. I would have, I, I would bring up the plate. Um, that Kaylee was thinking about buying for Simon. Oh yeah, the rich plate. The the, the rich plate. Yes, <laughs> it's so rich. It's so rich. the um, when Simon sees the plate and comments on it, um, it kind of comes off as he's being kind of shitty to Kaylee, but he's not really. If she had bought him that plate and given it to him as a present, would he have would he have been so nasty about it? No. Or would he done what everybody else in the world does and say, oh, thank you so much. I love this sweater. He's and, being and go, thoughtless. Well, I don't think he, he, yeah. Well, is he being thoughtless? I mean, if somebody just, sh- if some, if she had happened to have been standing next to the duck at that moment and said, look at this swan. And he said exactly what you might think about that duck or swan. Would that have been thoughtless? Because she had just been laughing about that item earlier. So he doesn't know the context of that plate. She's just holding a plate. She's looking at this plate. I I didn't think he was being thoughtless, yeah, but, he but doesn't I felt like know. it played he that way. He doesn't know. That's the point. He de- she's holding the plate. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he should think about... It's very different from Kaylee and Inara, who are friends, having a laugh over the duck. In a way, I mean, if Inara had if Inara had thought the duck was wonderful or whatever, then she would have just said so. But it's the... It's the I mean, the moment you get with the, with the plate is... It's it's that thing of Kaylee's sort of kicked puppy dog expression that we got when Mal commented on the dress in Shindig. And what she could do in reaction is say, oh, you don't like the plate? Actually, I like the plate and sort of stand up for it. And if, that, if she did that, then obviously Simon would reel his neck in and go, oh, well, you know, it's not so bad. You know, kind of smooth it over, like you say, being diplomatic. And it would have been fine. But she doesn't do that. And Simon then goes on to prove that he is being thoughtless in everything that he says about serenity and the rest of it. True. At which at which point it's kind of that that that's over the line for, for Kaylee. And so she does say something. So our budding romance is gone. Okay, good. I, I don't know <laughs> if I could handle that one. It, it definitely did not strike me as a Sam and Diane there. This is not a will they, won't they. This was a never will they have. Will this happen? <laughs> Thing, hmm. But, hmm, 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 hmm. but uh, anyway, okay. I have got nothing else. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done there. I'm okay. done there. I think. I don't. She's off- definitely too good for him, by the way. 
<laughs> well, ah, she seems like she could be good for anybody. Uh, you know, it's, it's very... <laughs> Whoa. I, 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 <laughs> Back in the knife box, Miss Sharp. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I meant she's a very nice, generous open, helpful person. Anyone could use that. That was what I meant by that. I'll let you off. I I definitely did not mean that in a, in any kind of a a duplicitous way. It's like that having that kind of person around you is never going to do you really harm. That is, they're, they're there to be good. Anyway, like a puppy dog. I mean, yes, okay, they might occasionally go on the floor, but you're fine. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I do not know what the next episode of Fire to Fly is off the top of my head, so you our might. Mrs. Reynolds. It is relevant. No, it's our Mrs. Reynolds. Oh, our Mrs. Reynolds. Sorry, my headphones are cutting out. I think it's I think it's the rain or the dog. I'm not sure which it is, but anyway, our Mrs. Reynolds. All right. Well, then, Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners? I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.